The New Marketing Show is brought to you by Trinity Web Media. TrinityWebMedia.com. Trinity Web Media solves business problems with intelligent web development and digital marketing. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the New Marketing Show, the marketing podcast where we talk about how effective web development, social media, and digital marketing solve business problems. Joined as always, but today a little bit differently, with my co-host, co-founder of Trinity Web Media, Kevin Everly. We're actually in the same room here for, for one of the rare occasions. Kevin, what's up? Greg, how are you doing today? I'm good. We also have a special guest we do. with us here. Extremely special. We have Kiara Boone. She's a beauty and lifestyle writer. And today we're going to talk about meaningful social social media relationships and how they are real and how you can really start to curate and cultivate relationships with people that are like-minded that you don't actually know in person until maybe you meet them in person, maybe you don't. And we're going to talk about all that stuff. Kiara, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So what else should all of our audience know about you? That I've been writing since I was six. I write for Essence.com and HelloBeautiful.com and MadamNoir.com. And I curate lifestyle content. I do reviews of beauty products. I do full-length profiles and interviews. I basically, you know, write whatever they throw at me. And I've built up a small but super engaged social media audience that's led to me getting some amazing jobs. That's awesome. And we're, we're super excited to have you. And like when we started the podcast 43 episodes ago, you were on a short list to get on the show and Kevin's like, Oh, absolutely. This is, this is a good one. So we are excited. Thank you for coming down here and doing this on a Saturday with us. So, of course, you know I love you guys. <laughs> well, what's not the love? <laughs> yes. It was a super priority for me. Yeah, thank you. So you said you started writing at six. Just in your background, like what what drew you what draws you to writing and being a writer? I didn't know that I was gonna be a professional writer at that time. I just know that as much as I enjoy talking, I enjoy writing more because you could be more specific. That's interesting. But do you so you can be more specific with writing, absolutely. For me, I felt like I was able to be more targeted if I had something to say. Right. I could say exactly what I wanted to say, how I wanted to say it, and it was less of a chance of being misunderstood if I wrote it down. So that that's kind of where I was going with this. So you feel like the context of things are for you are better understood when written. Yes, I built my whole career about even I write entertainment content every day, and I try not to tell stories where I leave context out. Right. I think context is super important, especially now that we're in like a blurb culture yep, and yep. everyone like only reads the headlines. If right. I only have like 197 words to grouse you with, I'm going to try to fit some context into that. Yeah. And that's a that's like incredibly. That's a I, that's a skill that we've honed over time. I think that, you know, being able to provide context in 140 characters or more or mainly 140 characters. I mean, if you could tell a story in 140 characters with a tweet or 280, whatever your account set at, I mean, I think that that's huge, you know? Yeah, there's no room for, you know, uh, anything that doesn't really 
tie into the story. All the extraneous needs to be cut to fit in that parameter. Yeah, you have to get to the get to the point and leave the bullshit out. I mean, that's and you have Twitter threads. Like, I'm excited about how Twitter threads are popping up and becoming really cool ways to tell stories. Right. But even in that time frame, you have to think about how it looks within a screenshot. You have to choose your words more carefully and a lot of people are averse to that but I think it gives you opportunity if I'm doing a really long Instagram caption I have to think about what I'm going to say in that first 17 to like 23 words to get you to see more and be interested in even finishing plus that's all that they see yeah you know without clicking more and you gotta go yeah you gotta you gotta get right to the point and set the set the scene right away or else you're either gonna lose the audience or they're gonna misunderstand what things are about. So we want to talk about social media relationships and how you can curate meaningful relationships online that translate to the business world, the personal world, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have any, do you have any tips on just relationship building through social media? Number one, I know that this is something that everyone says and it's gotten cliche, but be authentic. Right. And I'll say it with the caveat. Remember, people know you in real life. Mm-hmm. The world is a lot smaller than you think it is. So if you're trying to be like your baller and you're on VIP every night, somebody has a cousin who sees you right. waiting on the line <laughs> trying to like right. get the bouncer to let you in. Right, so just right. make sure that you're presenting your real self. Yeah. Because your online self and your offline self overlap a lot more than you think they do. Yeah, and I think that one leads to the other. You know, I spoke at a conference a couple of years ago, I think in LA, and one person just wanted to like, oh, I've never met Greg, and I never met Greg in person. What's he like? And he asked a friend of mine, and he said, oh, he's exactly what you think he's gonna be. <laughs> you know, by his online persona and his tweets and things like that. And like that was, that was a huge compliment. It is. That's that was a huge compliment to me. Where it's just like, oh, that guy's not quite like I don't. You know, there's no shtick and there's no persona that I'm trying to live up to. It's just like, you know, we always say, like, if you like us, you'll work with us. If you don't like us, you're not going to work with us. We don't want to work with you either or develop relationships because a lot of time is invested in that stuff. I mean, being authentic, it is, it, it's grown to be cliche. Yes. I mean, like, everybody's like, you got to be, you got to be, but like. You have to be authentic. You have to be transparent. You have all these buzzwords, but you have to actually stop talking about it mm, and be about it. Do it. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, do, do you? Th- okay. So here, this is like one of those weird lines, right? <clears throat> Where we tell people con- constantly, right? Well, online, you need to be authentic. Now, conversely, in real life, you need to be authentic also. So, like, that whole thing isn't just like an online. I mean, it's grown in popularity lately, Uh, you know, and I say lately in the last like 18 months, you know, whatever, you know, I'll give it a longer tail than probably what it really has is be authentic, be be true, but like, that's just a way to live life, everyday life. You have to be genuinely interested in building relationships with people. Right. People can tell like that. There's a difference. A lot of people um, say be hungry but not thirsty. Right. That desperation or that manipulation, if you have bad intentions, if you're only talking to somebody because you're trying to get something from yep. them, you're not hiding it as well as you think you are. People can tell that you're not being genuine right. and you won't build up an authentic, real relationship. 
if you're not genuinely interested in getting to know somebody, even if they're in a position to help you, even if they're super powerful, walk away from them and go learn something from the person that you're genuinely interested right. in getting to know. Because that relationship will ultimately be more beneficial for both people. No, just not only both people is really popular. Yeah, not only both people, like for the world. For the universe. For the like, universe. Like, don't just build up this fake, like you're wasting time, especially yeah. if you don't like the person. Like, yeah. if you really don't like the person, you think the person can't tell that you like the, right. They can tell. Yeah. Just go be around the person that you like. Like, not everyone has to be your best friend. Right. But if there are two, like, I'm a writer, if there are two fashion editors who are equally in the same position and one you kind of clicked with and you had a lot of common with and one you didn't, just go talk to the person who you felt like a genuine right. connection with. Right. Don't go out of your way to, like, run into the other person. It's weird. It's, it's weird, weird. <laughs> and people can tell and you're making them uncomfortable and you're wasting your time that you could have either A, been writing, which is what you're supposed to be doing for a living, not just right. randomly schmoozing, and B, you're wasting time that you could have been building a real relationship that might have led to you getting a job. And authenticity is, you know, an absolute. You can't be half authentic. You can't be half dead. Yep. Right. You know, it, it's an absolute. It's not a part-time thing where, you know, that's part of, the, part of your angle on social it's very easy to see through when you're not being genuine i mean i think that i mean what what do you think that where do you know where do you think the inauthenticity is that a word yeah inauthenticity comes from from people like they think that you know they can become these people online that put out this this bravado or this persona because they don't have that in their real life. And it's then the pressure. It's the pressure to it's the pressure to be that person. I mean, to me it's just way easier to be me. You know, but also I mean, I'm sure that there's times in my life that I've been inauthentic and I've learned from it or whatever. I mean, I can't really remember like, you know, you know, online, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that, I'm a little bit more filtered than I used to be. I used to be a hundred percent. I used to confuse being unfiltered with authentic. You know what I mean? And that was a problem because I would say things out. I would say things like. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that when them 2008 tweets pop back up, it's over for me. Mm. Like, <laughs> it's curtains. I'll be canceled. Um, I think there is a difference between being unfiltered and being authentic like you don't have to say everything that comes to mind right but let everything that you do say right represent who you really are and what you really think and how you really feel and just try to be respectful of people and just don't don't post things or don't reach out to people again you're not really interested in talking to and don't post things that don't reflect your real life right don't post like work that's not yours don't not credit people for things like authenticity seeps into like the smallest things oh, into See, the details. as much as if you're reposting a meme make sure you get the credit to where right. you got it from so that people you never know somebody might be interested in reading what you're reading or looking right. at the pages that you're looking at that could be how you're adding value to somebody yeah, and not only that you know if, if you give attribution like that the people the person that you attribute something to is going to respect the person giving credit and all of a sudden, it's amazing what can bloom just from that, just from like acting right and doing the right thing there and not letting people, not misleading people. 
yeah, there's a million memes on the internet. There's how many pictures, but when you actually say, Hey, this belongs to this person, you know, that's, that's respectable. Yeah. I, I, I they agree. worked hard to get that up online for you to enjoy. Like, you know, the least we can do. There's <laughs> an origin yeah. behind yeah. all of there's, it. There's a backstory to most of them. You know what I mean? But what, what do you think, well, you know, when we talk about curating and cultivating meaningful relationships and we talk about the big social platforms, you know, we talk about the Twitters, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you know, we talk Pinterest, you know, we talk about those five big ones. Where do you think it's easiest to be authentic and authentic? Like, where do you think it's most natural to like cultivate relationships and be, be authentic? For me, I can only speak from experience is Instagram. Yeah. I've gotten so many gigs from Instagram and it's so easy for someone to like slide in your DMs and ask for, can I get on a call with you right now? Do you have right. a moment? It's real quick on Instagram. Right. And like I, I've followed you, you know, I've the backstory is I followed Kiara and I've known Kiara online for eight years and Kevin has known her for ten. ten. Yeah. And I actually just we actually just met in person in WordCamp New York when I was in, in there in September. Like in person. And it was and like we were so excited. Yeah. You could have thought that we were like long lost cousins yeah. or something. We couldn't wait. And off of an online relationship, couldn't wait to see each other because exactly. we have been talking for years. For years. And, like, I've always known, like, what you're about and the work you're doing and things like that. It's interesting that Instagram is the one. Because Instagram, you know, for marketing, it's either the best platform or the worst platform. You know, we work with a lot of businesses, and it's hard to get people engaged in what they do from visual but you know instagram is very very visual very very storytelling if you have people who can't tell a story for their brand you know then it's very very difficult so it's it's interesting to say that you get most of your being a being a writer that you get most of your work and leads and and connections from a visual platform well i'll tell you when i first got instagram and kevin knows this kevin has known me since i was 18 when I first got on Instagram, my Instagram was private. Right. right. I was very opposed to having a public Instagram. Which a lot of people are. When I got my first internship at lovebrownsugar.com, which have you ever seen the Dove commercials with the beautiful black girl with the big hair? That's my old boss. <laughs> <laughs> we did a Dove campaign that ended in her getting a commercial, and it was amazing. We did a lot of events and stuff with them. And every time I see the commercial, I'm like, yeah, yes. But when I first got that internship, I had, she would post me on my birthday and stuff. And she was grateful. And I'd be like, don't tag me because all these people want right. to follow me. I could have so much more followers right. if I had, like, I'll prove people then. But I was like, who are these people? Right. I was so arrogant at the time that I was like, all I have to do is work really hard right. and I'll get a job as a writer. I was like, why should I have to open my Instagram? Like, my Instagram is for my family and my friends. Right. And I, I was like, I'm not a personality. Because I never wanted to be on TV. I never wanted to do videos. I only wanted to write. So I was right. like, if I'm a good enough writer, it'll come to me. Lies. Yeah. For every yeah. position that you want, for every seat at Fashion Week, there's 600 girls yeah. coming for your slot. And they live with their parents and they're willing to work for free until yep. so they're blue in the face. You have to be around yeah. in order for people to know that you're good. They're not going to come looking for you. And a lot of people give them advice to say, go shack up with your parents yeah. and, you know, intern stuff and get your foot in the door. And it's, it's impossible and it's, to it's impossible for a lot with of somebody us. who can work for free right. forever. Forever. 
Like that's a really hard right. area to be in. So I had to ask myself, is it more important to you to be able to be private on social media and only talk to your friends or your family? Is it that important for you to do that? Or is it worth it to just like make your page private so anybody can contact you? Right. And also some people kind of think it's snobby too. They're like, who is this person? Right. And why? Like that their page is private. Like I should be able to get in contact with you anytime. Do you, do you ever see somebody with a private page and say, what are they hiding? What don't they want people to see? I don't think that, but my friends do. But people do. Like my friends in the okay. industry do. So also, so like, okay. I think that the three of us are a little out, we're outliers from how we use the web and how we work, you know, because Kevin and I are in digital marketing and web development. You're a writer for a lot of online outlets and you do a lot of, you know, outreach through that way. I think that we use the web differently, but I think to the lay person who a lot of times are the per, is the person making the decision to hire us. Yes. Uh, like sometimes it's like, wait a minute. Why, what are they hiding? Are they hiding, you know, do they do this that they don't want us to know about? Or are they involved with this? Or do they like that? You know, different things like that. So it's like a weird, weird thing. Now, I understand some accounts need to be private. There's privacy issues or surrounding, you know, people or families, family issues, you know, definitely the safety of online or minors online. I just didn't want the judgment because people are right. Me, like it's different from somebody judging your work versus somebody judging you. Yeah, I did an interview with Mike.com and I had like trolls say mean things about me. So like sometimes you do feel like they're attacking you, they're attacking your appearance. It just it got to be a lot. It's a difference between a byline that people have never seen. Oh my god, I look nuts. <laughs> See, this is what I mean, privacy. He's over here snapping selfies. I'm not wearing any lipstick. Oh, don't worry, I got Photoshop. No. <laughs> See, I it's don't Photoshop so... anything. And then no, I don't either. You don't even realize how you're helping people when you step out yeah. and you decide to be like yeah. private. Like I've had I posted pictures from Black Girl Beach Day and I had people be like, Oh my god, I could never like po- bigger girls, like I could never post myself in a bikini. Like I can't believe you. Th- right. And you look so cute. Like where'd you get that from? Right. You don't realize how you're but giving people confidence just absolutely. being yourself. You know, and and a lot of things also. You know, when it comes to people, you know that I meet because you know, speaking at a lot of conferences, I meet a lot of people who are like, oh, I've followed you for X amount of years. I've you know that I've admired the way that you posted about working hard. Okay. This is another one, right? There's a difference between working hard, hustling, and grinding, right? Now, I think that, you know, being an athlete and growing up with that stuff, you know, putting, giving your maximum effort at everything you do, to me, was always hustle, right? You know what I mean? I think now people equate that term with something way different. Where hustling, money. Well, hustling, quick money, or if you're not working 18 hours a day, you're slack. And like sometimes, I mean, my work days are very long sometimes, but you know what? If I can cut out after five hours in the office for that day and I'm good. And that's part of me hustling on the business to take care of myself and things like that. So I've had people say like, Oh, I really admire, you know, your work ethic, your this or your that, you know, which is always cool. Where do you come down on the work, work hard, hustle, grind type I mean, of thing. I'm a workaholic. I'm constantly writing. My MacBook is glued to my hand. Right. Nine times out of ten. But I also feel like 
it's about what you're really getting accomplished. Right. And especially in my line of work, we go, we are blessed to go to a lot of parties. Yeah. There are a lot of launches, a lot of events. You can't go to everything. You can't shake hands with everybody. Otherwise, you might not actually be getting anything done. I don't go yeah. to every award show. I don't yeah. go to every after party. How many articles did you actually get written? If you're tapped out for that day and you can no longer put out quality, you can go do something else. Right. You don't need to work for the sake right. of working. So, okay, so when you're in that mode, kind of getting back to things, you're still hustling. I mean, you're still like on your hustle. You're still like making sure you're that, hustling or grinding. Then. No, you're not grinding. I, to me, grinding is like working until my eyes are bleeding and like I can't see my fucking screen anymore. You got to tight down. Like, you got to push. I'm like, I think the connotation like, is you know different I mean? for pe- It's for different people. Yeah. Like what they take from it. Right. I feel like I'm fine with the term grind. I'm fine with the term hustle. I'm fine with all of it. Right. But like rest is also a part of the grind and the hustle and you're not yep. good to anybody if you're just turning out yeah. prefabricated stuff because you're just feeling like you need to be working. A 70, 80 hour work week isn't a badge of honor. No. It's actually the product that you produce in that time that, yeah. you know, and it too, should be what you're proud too of. Too many times people wear that like a badge of honor. And my friend Chris Lemma, you know, in his, uh, one of his keynotes of the imposter syndrome keynote, he talks about how 70 hour work weeks 70, 80 hour work weeks are worn like a badge of honor. They should really be a scarlet letter. Like there's something going wrong, you know, that you're, you're not being, something's not working. Mm-hmm. I remember how shocked I was when I got around like real fashion editors, real mm-hmm. entertainment editors. And they would be like, yeah, six o'clock, they cut off email. Yeah. And that, that's a media thing too, because we've all grown up. Kevin knows that I can quote every line from the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Certainly can. <laughs> <laughs> and that I've read that book multiple times. And I thought when I got in the game, I was going to have to be every minute of every day. You don't. You no. don't have to live True. in a you know rat infested two bedroom apartments with seven girls right. to prove that you're talented. You don't have to starve. Yep. My mentor, who's the senior lifestyle senior relationships and lifestyle editor at Essence tells me she doesn't believe in being a starving artist because you can't create if you're hungry. You don't have to constantly suffer. Do you have to work hard? Yes. Do you have to like commit yourself to things? Yes. But your life doesn't have to be terrible. And like back to authenticity, you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. Like people think it's basic. I post a lot of lattes if you follow me on Instagram. Right. <laughs> people think it's basic. They're like, oh, basic girls posting their lattes. But you know what's basic? Not posting your latte because you're worried about whether or not people are going to care or that you yeah. posted your latte. Okay. That's basic. That's well, corny. Yeah. Or If you want to do it, do it. Be I'm yourself, straight. try your hardest, and then go from there. I'm content being basic. <laughs> I like basic food. I like basic. I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? But I understand that. You know, but that's all part of like the authentic self if that's not who you are what you like i'm down with a good homemade mac and cheese out of the box i mean that's not even homemade cheese <laughs> not even homemade. mac and cheese out of the box. i'm cool with that i don't have to say that i you know i only eat lobster mac and cheese i have to like, tell you that as a black person i can't allow you to eat mac and cheese out of the box <laughs> call yourself my friend <laughs> like i'm gonna need <laughs> Shit. I'm okay. gonna speak for all my people when I tell you that we want better for your life. No more mac and cheese out of the box. Like, no, we're not having it. I, you know what? Kevin, this is another talk show. <laughs> Kevin's a good, great cook of family, and he's always like, I'm making this amazing mac and cheese. Yes, I get Kevin's, mine out of the box. They, 
Yeah, I'll tell you that Kevin makes the best, one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. I'm not gonna offend my friend Keenan. <laughs> be really mad if I say that Kevin has. I the like best. Keenan. Let's not offend Yes, him. but I'll say that Kevin has a strong second. <laughs> That's an honor. That's awesome. So, other than Instagram, what other platforms do you think that you've been able to curate and cultivate like real meaningful relationships that you can take? offline and maybe they lead to business opportunities or they remain they stay online LinkedIn. And, and business opportunity linkedin i use linkedin a lot and a lot of people in my opinion don't use it properly right i agree especially since i started writing for essence mm-hmm. linkedin actually emailed me to tell i've gotten nine times the amount of linkedin requests wow since i started that job mm-hmm. and people are so i want to say aggressive mm-hmm. with the way that they're using linkedin they are. LinkedIn is not like a buffet yeah, yeah. for you to like choose from yeah. opportunities. Yeah. It's just that. It's for you to link with people, for yeah. you to connect with people. It's very strange if you happen to have gone to school with someone who you've never met and you like hop into their messages to go, hey, this job is available at this company and I want it. Can you share my profile? Right. And you don't even say hello to them. You've never yeah. met them. It's that's not the aggressive. way you, it's very aggressive. people are way more aggressive on LinkedIn than they are on email. And yeah. I think that's really strange. I try to be mm-hmm. just respectful. I try to remember sure. that people are human. Yep. So I'll go, hi, how are you? So-and-so and so gave me your contact information right. or we met at so-and-so and so. I would love to keep in contact with you. Right. And LinkedIn is sort of like you're putting your work out there. I post yeah. articles mm-hmm. I've written or even just articles that I'm interested in things yeah. that I'm thinking about, books that I'm reading, yep. and people will comment on that, and that'll be a good way to start a conversation. Yeah, and that's amazing because people are incredibly aggressive with their messaging. It's we- the it's last weird. two years, it's re- LinkedIn has is, is really changed. I mean, I get five or six requests a day. If I don't know you, I haven't worked with you, I don't know you by third party you know, that, reputation or hey, or, this is a friend of Kiara we met one something like that. Or if like like she just said, like or she they don't provide a context to the message. Sure. As to like, hey, I really like what you've been doing, or hey, you know, you know, I met you at this, mm-hmm. or we have this in common. Sure. Oh, I see you post a lot about this, you know, I post a lot about this. Maybe we'd be a good connection for one another. You know, something like that. All I get is Hi, I am so and so. This is what I do. This is what I want to sell you. This I get. This is what you can do for me. Yeah, you can connect yeah, me exactly. to this person, and it's yeah. like I don't know you. I don't know your work. Why yeah. would I do that? I, like, why would you weird. put your reputation on the line to make an introduction to somebody you have no idea who they are? I, I don't. You haven't included your website. You no. haven't included your resume. You haven't told me anything. Yeah. Why would I like take time out of my boss's day to tell them about you? That's a weird thing. And automatically, when you do that to me, I don't like you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. You're showing me that you don't have yeah. good judgment and that right. if you were to write for the magazine, that this is how you would be approaching people. Well, you're right. playing a numbers game. You're asking 100 people right. for something and hoping one, one says, yeah, you know, that's. But when you ask 100 people, you know, if you're playing the numbers game, right, I, I want to ask 100 people so that two of them say yes. That's not building relationships. No, that's no, hedging, that's hedging your bet. Yeah, that's counter. That's like counterproductive to like what we're talking about. How you can cultivate uh, meaningful online. There's leaders. no strategy to that, and that's how you end up working an eighteen hour day. Because instead right. of having four meaningful, genuine conversations right. with people mm-hmm. about how you could potentially work together or get to know one another, so that you might work together in the future. 
you're just randomly grasping at straws. Right. And then your bio says that you're a social media maven or you're a marketing. How? You don't even know how to market That's a whole yourself. That's, 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 you know, you're, you're burning 98 opportunities to make two. Yeah. And you know? two, and the, and the two that say yes, I would, even, I would even question. <laughs> I would even question because like what's – what is it? You know, I've gotten really, really strict on my LinkedIn. Yep. And that unless they don't mess, unless people mention context of how we met or how we may know each other or mutual circles that we know one another in, I ignore the request now and I love hitting a button. I do not know this person. No. Or you just favorite. address it. Like yeah. you can go, listen, I know we don't know each other, but I'm a fan of your yeah. whatever. I've engaged. Yeah. I get emails totally like that all the time. Yeah. I got a lovely LinkedIn message, not to just like bring up the negative. I wrote an article about Serena Williams. She's getting into like venture capital mm-hmm. and like funding company. Right. Somebody said, hi, my name is, I think the girl's name is Veronica. Um, several people forwarded me your article in essence about Serena Williams getting into venture capital firms. I actually run a conference. I forget where she said the conference was. I would love to talk to you about it. Right. I thought that was a nice, like short and sweet message. And she was like, you know, can you contact me here? Right. That's how you do that. You don't have to have read everything I've ever written, No. but you can't, I can tell when you're going down the masthead and you right. sent the exact same email to every person who works here. Right. I don't have, yep. we yep. wouldn't even have time to fulfill the relationships yep. that we make with people mm-hmm. if we spent right. all of our time well, if you're picking, talking to you. If you're picking and choosing the events that your media outlets can cover because you don't have time to do that, if you're picking and choosing you know, the different parties and the different interviews because you don't have time to do them all, why should I? add somebody new to that fold that isn't going to provide value to me. I'd rather say yes to one of those other events. <clears throat> you know, I already have a full dance card. You know, I'm yeah. already going in there. So off topic real quick, what do you think about Serena going into the VC world? I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm excited to see what she ends up investing in because mm-hmm. even in the Ad Week article, which is what I had written up that she had done the cover of Ad Week and like what it meant right. for Black women in business. I'm excited to see what some of these companies are, and what if Serena's gonna get eventually that Oprah seal of approval, where yeah. it'll really make a huge difference for these companies. And a lot of other VCs have tried to break that barrier, like Arlon Woods. Uh, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's she's a a VC that runs a small fund out of Houston, I believe, and like she's all about you know minorities and all of these alternative people getting funded because there's not enough because they're ignored. And I understand that she feels part of that group, the ignored group. So it's just interesting to see. I know that Serena has done a lot for women, you know, like uh, I saw a special on her, like she was instrumental in getting the women's prize purse of Wimbledon to be equal to the men. So it's just, it's interesting. I think that she's, She's going to be interesting in this whole one, you know, definitely what she does. I love that she pointed out that she has a huge advantage when she does do fashion collaborations because she has famous friends. She was like, when I make mm-hmm. a clothing line, Meghan Markle is going to wear my clothing line. I know that's not everybody. Right. So I want to help people who don't have right. Meghan Markle to wear their clothing right. line and like give it a... I love that she acknowledges that. That's as amazing. long as you acknowledge it, Absolutely. you can just... Go from what there and talk about it. Yeah. Like, what do we always say? Control the narrative, correct the facts, and correct the facts. I mean, just like get out in front of that stuff before it becomes an issue. 
you know, and a lot of the time, you know, and that's her being her or, or her being, you know, smart and calculated sure. and, and brilliant. I think she's brilliant. I love how I built this on NPR. Yes. Yes. I've been listening to that. That's like my, my, one of my new favorite podcasts. Me too. Like I, I listen to it all the time and they had the people who created method on there. Uh-huh. And as they're talking about it, I think they had gotten $10,000 for somewhere. They were asking, like, where are we getting money from? And they're like, family and friends. And I'm like, what do you do when you don't have family and friends? Everyone tells yep. the Playboy story. His mom lent him $1,000. But if your mom didn't have the $1,000, yep. no matter what you did with it or how good of a business person you were, sometimes if you don't have yep. access to it, could be as simple as $250. Oh, if no one of your family has $250, that could be a huge difference for yeah. you. Now you can go out and earn the $250, yeah. but by the time you earned it, someone else might have yeah. done it already. We need to put that co- context. Yeah, exactly. We need to have that context that... in these narratives because it's right. important. And I always tell my story, I'm sorry to interrupt you real quick, but I always tell my story like when I found the marketing press and I did everything with now led the Trinity Web Media 10 years later, I had $400 to my name. I got fired from three jobs in 18 months, unemployable, $400 to my name and a laptop. And I did said I'm I'm I have a strong enough conviction and will to do things differently than the market has it right now and here we are today it, it worked but at the same time and I've always wanted to get into we always call it like uh, launch a micro fund a micro fund is like giving business small businesses loans like five five thousand or less yeah. because like if what would I have done differently if I had a thousand dollars Versus just the four hundred dollars. Thank God I had four hundred dollars to my name, and I had four hundred dollars to my name. Rent was due in like three weeks, and my rent was seven hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> so my first like, apartment was six fifty. Yeah, and it was like, but it those are the things that kept me awake at night. So I always thought about giving back in, in that, and I, I've kicked it around online with a bunch of people doing like a, a micro fund because that's exactly what it is. You know, like you just brought up, like. A thousand dollars. Like we work with small businesses who pay us maybe a thousand dollars for a small project, but that thousand dollars may as well be a million dollars to them because that is all that they have. And I think that that is one of those things, like when you can give back and when you can contribute, you know. And you know, family giving you five to ten thousand dollars when they really can't afford it. How much unhealthy pressure is that? For you to start a business that you haven't even started. Yet. Oh no! It's they talked about they yeah. talked about that on how I built yeah. this. It's, it's like my parents die. gave them like their last, and like what would they do? It is a lot of pressure. Starting a company is business. a ton of pressure. Yeah. Oh, let alone debt, anything you know, else. And being indebted to you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, at that point, you make one one or two mistakes, you're you're done. Mm-hmm. So, any other tips for curating meaningful relationships online? I know we touched on a lot of things, which is awesome, but. Well, any other things that you would want people to know? Keeping in touch with people and mm. just like if you're constantly spamming people being like, follow this. And oh, yeah. Like for I have a site called thecletter.com. It's a Jersey-based lifestyle site. That's my own project. And even though I write for bigger outlets, I still keep that going because I'm passionate about it. Right. I don't constantly every other post on my Instagram go follow the C-Letter. Right. That would get so boring so fast. Yep. What I do do is encourage people to follow in the middle of like an Insta story or something right. that I'm doing. So you remind them right. what you're doing, who you are, what you're all about. I saw you tease one the other day. You, yeah, and then she you was like, keep the value she was going. Like, I'm going to tell you this story. But first, <laughs> I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to follow this account. Yes. <laughs> and then you're like, 
Now let's get into it. <laughs> and I always I do it, that was brilliant. And I always brilliant. do it twice because yeah, that was brilliant. People will swipe you know? through once, but they might not swipe through twice. Right. Yeah. So I'll do once like Please follow the C letter. I created this. And then on the next one, I'll be like, no, but for real, girl. Yeah. Please <laughs> follow the C letter. Yeah. Help me yeah. out. And so many people have DM'd me like, girl, That's I was going to swipe through. But when I seen that, I was like, you know what? Let me give this girl her follow. You have to make it funny. You, you know to. that you're trying yeah, you to build something. And that's like who you are, though. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't work for everybody. That's how I talk. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, I, I think that that's how things go. I, I mean, I, I love it. So, Couple of quick questions. What? Give me three podcasts you listen to all the time. NPR. I listen to Joe Button's podcast. Right. I know that he's super prophetic, but I just really, <laughs> really love it. Like, <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. It feels like getting the opportunity to like sit inside of a guy's barbershop and listen to them talk for three hours. Yeah. So wow. I love his podcast a lot. Um, I listen to Stuff You Missed in History class. Oh, that's cool. From the How Stuff Works yep. network. Yep. It's really good. good I think they do a good job providing context right. to history. And I find them like really soothing. Right. When I'm tired and I'm driving late at night, it's like really nice they to have them in a car with another you. one, too. They spun off another. Like, yes, this day, day in history. This day in history. Oh, thank cool. you. I like that stuff. So every day they give you an opportunity to listen to what happened that day in history, which is fun. And I listen to Black Girl Podcast, which I'm um, right. Scotty Beam, who used to be a Hot 97. She right. actually does State of the Culture at Revolt now. Her, Gia Peppers, who's one of my fantasy, favorite people to play in it ever. And uh, Safira, Alicia P, and Bex, right. they have five girls on one podcast where they talk about their life and experience. I always, I always see you posting about Black Girl Podcast. They are so, yes, like they that. have like... I had so much fun at their one-year anniversary party last year because I had just finished finals for the semester. I'm in grad school. I just finished finals for the semester, and I danced, like, all night that night. It was so much fun. (laughs) And people go also go out to events. Yeah. Get off. That's a Get offline, too. Get offline at some point. You can't meet everybody, but meet who you can. It's amazing what an offline relationship does to really stimulate an online presence and relationship you know if you're if, if people can come and talk to you and see you and, and meet you and talk to you and all of that stuff like it just reinforces what you have to say online and if you're authentic and you're the same person that they expect now you can't be all things all people but it's the same thing at the same time if you're all if you're if that's a con- congruent experience all the better i had been following this major influencer for years and she had never followed me back, but I never unfollowed her. I loved her content. And I met her at this party and we're laughing and we're joking. She's like, what's your Instagram? I'm going to follow you. And now we have an online right. relationship because we made an offline connection. connection. Had I decided to stay home that night, then I may never have met her. Yeah. And now we talk online all the time. Yeah, It's amazing how, 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 you know, online social media, when used, properly really really furthers relationships rather than creates fake relationships and things like that it's but you can't amazing. just walk up to the person and be like yo right. can you follow me back i've seen people do that <clears throat> oh yeah that's that's not how you build can like you follow back real 
Oh my god, yeah, we've all done that. That's before there was like an etiquette. That was before like the Follow Friday. Yes, going way back. That's before there was. I did Follow Friday and I did Team Follow Back and all that stuff. But it's just in person. We all did though. Offline rules will make you a better person online and make you realize more online etiquette. Right. Ask yourself. There are people who do it, especially younger people. I think they don't know the difference. But even just to pull out your phone, it's like a pro- you watch people approach celebrities in public, and right. they just already have the phone out yeah. before they even go yeah. up to the person and say hello. Yeah. I just wrote about that. Omari Hartwick from Power on right. Stars, he refused to give a fan a picture. And she was calling radio stations. She was going crazy. Yeah. But he was sitting with his wife and kids, and she didn't even say hello to them. She completely ignored them Being where, to get the picture. Living where I live, I see a lot of celebrities all the time. Like every once in a while, I will want to go up and talk to them. But the first thing I always look at is like, what are they into at the moment? Are they with their if they're with their wife and kids, then no, they're off limits to me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disrupt that because I know that their time is precious together as is. I mean, if they're just like you know hanging out or something like that, I'll say, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, have like a real conversation with them. Like I'm a fan or talk about whatever they're working on, et cetera, et cetera. But like other than that, it's amazing <clears throat> that people like that aren't allowed to be human and have a bad day or have a bad moment. You have to be on the whole time. And, you know, those... People do that with influencers. Yeah. Right? And they're worse with influencers. Way worse. Because they think, like, we made you. We yeah. own you. Yep. I, again, I used to work for Love Brown Sugar. People would come up to her. Now she's a big girl. But when her baby was, like, a little baby, too, yeah. people would want to come up and touch the baby because oh, they've been God. seeing her... <laughs> we would have events and people would like run up to the baby and she's getting scared I would snatch yeah. the baby up like yeah. w- say hello yeah, yeah. but remember this is a child yeah. you can't yeah. just run up to you her and touch her because you saw her on Instagram and you feel like it's your best yeah. friend see that's that's another thing that always gets tricky is that a lot of time when people feel like they know you really well because you are so authentic when they see you in person there's that weird kind of like Okay, I know they know a lot about me from here, but like I've never really said this to them in person. We've never ha- actually had these conversations. There's still like that get to know you period. Yeah, that human human interaction. Yeah, I I put that out to the world, not necessarily just you. Right, exactly. How you received it is one way. You know, and, you know. It, I've always found that very yeah. interesting. Like speaking at conferences, people come up like, "Oh, hey, how you doing? How's how's the dog? Or how's this?" And I'm like. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay, wait a second now, wait a minute. <laughs> they're not living in my backyard stalking me. What they're doing is, you know, they we've had some sort of interaction. Over it's that kindergarten golden rule. You got to treat people how you want to be treated. Absolutely, 100%. And if you keep that in mind, you'll be fine. Like, people know that you want to get to know them, that you want to talk to them. Right. I've seen people at, like, a yoga studio I go to because they've seen me posted it on Instagram. And I'd be like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. Like, that's cool. You can mm-hmm. have a conversation, but just... Right. Be kind to people. Yeah, if you can't absolutely. always be nice, always be kind. Always be kind. Yeah. And if you can't be nice and you can't be kind, just stay home. Like, yeah, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's sometimes that's the hardest part for some other people. <clears throat> so, in wrapping up here, Kara, tell everybody how they can read your work, how they can get in touch with you, all that good stuff. You can find my work at essence.com and hellobeautiful.com. My Instagram is pinned by Kiara because people do cool stuff, and I'm blessed to be able to write it down. It's P-E-N-N-E-D-B-Y-K-E-Y-A-I-R-A, Kiara, 
And you can follow The Sea Letter at The Sea Letter and visit thecletter.com to see everything culture, civics, and chic through the eyes of a Jersey girl. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. It's been awesome watching your career on this trajectory, thank on you. an upward trajectory. And we know none of us have, have made it and we're, none of us are overnight successes. We know that there's a lot of hard work and there's still a lot of great work to be done. So thank you for coming and we really appreciate you having you here. Thank Kevin, you. any final thoughts? Take heart in the conversation. Build meaningful relationships. You know, 100% uh, clapping hands on Instagram or just glorified likes. Oh, I hate that. That's the worst. Yes, say say things. (laughs) Say Say something meaningful. Say things. Or if you're going to just use a – if you're going to call me a name on Instagram just by using emojis, please use the eggplant so I know that you're calling me a dick. (laughs) so thanks everybody for watching for listening to the new marketing show thank you again for being here it's been a pleasure no problem be original with your insults guys (laughs) (laughs) so thanks everyone for listening and you can get this podcast on itunes iHeartRadio, spotify google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcast please leave us a rating and review subscribe and we will bring you another podcast next week thanks for listening